Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Morning Leftovers. How's it going? It's going pretty well, man. Um, this is, again, the After Dark edition of Morning Leftovers because it's currently 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. Tuesday, October 23rd, the Pistons are on. We're watching them. They are losing by three points to the Philadelphia 76ers currently. No, uh, no Simmons in the game. No Simmons in the game for Philly. And we'll see what happens. For this week's Hot Topic episode, we're just going to, again, give a little update on the Wings, the Pistons. And then we're going to get into something that we wanted to bring up last week, but barring time, we decided to move it to this week's special episode just because we feel like there's a lot to talk about. And we're going to talk about the brand new state-of-the-art LCA, Little Caesars Arena, downtown Detroit. And we're going to give you our thoughts on the arena itself, what we think of it, issues that... Why is it good? Why is it bad? Issues people have with it, some problems that have come up. So, yeah. So, I guess we'll just start off with the wings because... It's depressing, so we might as well just get it over with. Um, well, start with the good news. I finally picked up a win. Um, Saturday, October twentieth, they went into uh, Sunshine, Florida, and beat the Florida Panthers in overtime for three. Other than that, it's been ugly. Lost to Tampa on October 18th. And Monday, October 22nd, they lost to Carolina pretty handedly. Um, first and second periods, they were just deflated. They didn't They didn't even look like they were trying at all. I mean, at one point in the game, they were getting outshot like 27 to 8. It was just, it was ugly. Um, so... Yeah, I am still on the train calling get rid of Blashill. But, you know, these losses are good. You know, get the, get a high pick again. Let's keep losing. Um, go out there and name I keep hearing. Good young kid. He's expected to be the uh, first overall pick is uh, someone by the name of Jack Hughes. American. So that'd be good to see. What position? You know, center. Yeah, I really don't know. I haven't done any. Well, you know, if it's at all. like defense or if it's not Maybe defense. Forward. Yeah. All right. Here's here's the thing. All right, as it's standing right now, Wings are the worst team in the league. Yeah, they're tied with Arizona for the most well for the least amount of points, four points. Okay, um, and. Arizona's played two less games than us, so it, we're the we're the worst team in the league yeah, as of right awful. now. The Wings also have the worst point differential in the league right now at minus nineteen. The closest is the L.A. Kings at minus thirteen, um, but the Kings also have. One more point than us, and they haven't played 
as many games as us either. So it's pretty depressing right now if you're a Red Wings fan. Yeah, it's – I expect it to be bad. It's going worse than bad. But like like we well, we talked about last night, I think, you know, we, we knew they weren't going to do anything at this point. I'm not going to say purposely lose, but we might as well just get the bet, first overall pick. Right. Um, yeah, Jack Hughes right here. I got it pulled up. Uh, center, he's 5'10". So he's got some size. It's decent size in hockey. Left-handed shot. He's put on a little more weight, but he would come in and play like, he right away. He plays actually for the uh, USA National Development Team, which plays out of uh, Plymouth, the old CompuWare Arena. Oh, really? Yeah, so. How old is he, like 18? 17, 18. I don't know when his birthday falls, but might be 17 still. By the draft, he'll be 18. So that, um, you know, like like we talked about last night, you know, we expect Blashill to be gone by some point. We're not sure exactly when. But, you know, between now and the end of the season, he'll more than likely be bye-bye. He better be. Um, you know, the whole thing with Stevie Eiserman, you know, we're hoping that, cross our fingers, that, you know, He'll be back. he'll be a part of the organization after this year. Um, yeah, it was just something I read the other day. Chris Osgood, you know, former goalie for the Wings, works with uh, Fox Sports Detroit, so has some inroads to the organization. Obviously, they asked him in an interview, and he thinks in his mind that it's a guarantee that Eisenman is going to be back in the near future. So probably next year like we all hope which will be good yeah you know and then like you know being bad you know if we can get the number one overall pick in the draft i mean that's someone that you'd expect to just draft and he'd be on the team right away you know you're picking number one it's got to be someone that starts playing we add more youth to the team out of talent yep um I know we've talked about the cap situation, but I, off the top of my head, I don't really remember how much cap they'll have after the year if they can sign some a, a good free agent or not. And they got some players coming off the roster. Um, it's probably Crownwalls last year. So that, they'll get a little relief, but yeah, be careful too with signing the free agents because you want to make sure you have money available to start, you know, giving big extensions to your young stars now, you know. You always got to have money for Larkin and Mantha, and you have to figure out with Anthony CU. He's got, he's under a two-year deal. I could be wrong. No, I, actually, next year, I probably wouldn't even bring in a top free agent. Like, keep these high picks going for, you know, this year, maybe next year, get some pieces. For sure. I mean, at this point, the only way they can go is up, right? So, yeah, they're at the bottom right now. And um, I just want to see. 
Zadina has four points currently. Um, six games played. Not horrible. Not great. He's uh, he's been up and down. You know, he has some games where he's looking all right, and he's had games where he just like completely disappears. So, and again, he's only eighteen. Yeah. So he's got some he's got some room to grow, and we expect him to. That he, uh, you know, if he develops, the Blue Wings keep losing, get that first overall pick. Bring Jack Hughes in here. All of a sudden, you got him and Zadina. Bam. That that would be pretty, you know, high-powered offense right there. For sure. That would help a lot, you know, including the pieces they already have. I'm looking across the NHL right now. Sort of what we would expect. Um, Now, in the Wings division, Toronto Maple Leafs are at the top. Six and three. Mm-hmm. Solid. Tampa Bay is right there, too. We would expect them to be well, do well, and they are. Um, Here's something interesting. Wow. The Carolina Hurricanes are first place in the Metropolitan Division. Granted, it's early in the year, but yeah, and that's surprising. Just, uh, a little surprising a little bit. Picked up those two points last night. That's early but yeah i wouldn't i didn't expect them to be up there at all so good for them and then in the west you got you know nashville knew they were going to be good winnipeg's up there colorado they're young sort of so what we sort of want happen to the wings yep you know they've been struggling they're they're a young team they're getting better and then uh St. Louis surprised me. They're off to a slow start. Yeah. Like two, three, two, and three. Yeah, yeah. Only seven points. And then uh, Calgary. That, yeah, Calgary. Calgary is five and three, ten points. It's a little surprising with Vancouver, who I didn't think would be up there at all. They're sitting right there with ten points also. How about Vegas, though? Looks like that first-year magic might not be there. That. Yeah, I'm like I well, we talked about this last year. I was sort of glad they didn't win the cup because, like, the fans, like, you the first year they they win the cup. What are you expecting then? It's like right, no, you need you need to be miserable for a few right. years. You got to earn it, damn it. Right. So now they might be earning it a little bit. They're, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Like four and four. Not bad, but. Plus, it doesn't help. They did so well last year. They didn't get a good draft pick. Well, that and they, they've traded a lot of picks already. Like, they, they really? don't have it. Well, because the Wings with Tatar, they got three picks oh, from yeah, them. They got their first-round pick. I think they have a second-rounder this year from them, like a third-rounder of the year or something like that. But, yeah, they've, they've gotten rid of a lot of their draft picks, so... It's win now for them because they don't have a farm system being built. Yeah, so they're sort of on thin ice right now. Well, I mean, I should, they're eight points, so it's not that far back, but yeah, we'll see. So that sort of wraps up hockey. Um, yeah. Keep supporting the Wings. They'll 
more than likely uh, turnaround might just not be for a few years. So, oh, I'll still go to games. Yeah, because I'm addicted. It's a problem. So now we're going to talk about the other team that plays in the LCA, the Detroit Pistons. Already have more wins than the Wings. <laughs> they have only played two games. <laughs> They're two and zero. Off to a 2-0 start for the first time since uh, 2008. There was one other time. That so it's the second Blaha? time since yeah, 08 second time. that they've started 2-0. Yeah, for Blaha upset on the telecast. So. Yeah, Griffin's putting up the They beat um, – they had a home opener against the Nets last week, and then Saturday they played at the Bulls. So let's be honest, these two wins are – not against very impressive teams. No, they're wins, though, so win, I'll take it. Win, they're wins. I'll take it. Road win. And home then, win. In the, in the Pistons division right now, Cleveland's 0-3. Chicago's 0-3. Indiana's 2-2. Two and two. And then uh, Detroit-Milwaukee are undefeated as of right now. So, uh sort of what I expected. I, you know, like when last week's I said Chicago and Cleveland are gonna suck and as of right now they're sucking so without Bron Bron and Cleveland they're probably not gonna do very well this year at all um I don't know I'm not sure I haven't seen them play a game yet uh they played okay they played at the Raptors at the Timberwolves and against the Hawks so I would have I would have expected them to lose Timberwolf and Raptors. Home against the Hawks, that's sort of um interesting. I probably would have actually picked Cleveland to win that game. The Hawks were like one of the worst teams in the league last year. Um But like I just said, without Bron Bron, you know, they don't really have much. Kevin Love was the leading scorer on the team against the Hawks the other night. Only 16 points. 17 rebounds. Three assists. It's pretty much just Kevin Love and then a bunch of other people. Yeah, it's, it's like we said before. It's going to be Kevin Love like his Minnesota days. He's going to put up some points. He's going to have stats, but team-wise... I don't think they're doing any, anything much. It's funny, too, because literally the roster is exactly the same, except there's no LeBron James on it. They literally have, like, to say, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, George Hill, Ronnie Hood, Larry Nance Jr., Jordan Clarkson. Like, that's, that's all the same. Just no Brown Brown. J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver. They should have blew it up. They should have blown, up, blown it up. They should have traded. In my opinion, they should have traded Kevin Love and got as much picks as they could for yeah. him. And um, they got other players on that roster, like teams to give up picks for. Well, and then remember, Bron Bron advocated, you know, to give J.R. Smith and Thompson those huge contracts, and now they have no cap space either. So Tristan Thompson is yeah. like a huge contract, and he's not that good of a player. No. Brown so, Brown got his uh his buddies their paydays. He got back at uh Gilbert Gilbert for uh the whole 
Yeah, Miami. Yeah. It was all part of his plan all along. Yeah, Brown Brown pretty much gave Cleveland the middle finger again as he left. But the Lakers are 0 3. So they're not, they're not, they haven't started out that good either. No, but I think we said before, we expect them, or I expect them anyways, to yeah, have a no, slow start. Yeah, no, I do too. I think they'll improve heavily as the yeah. season goes on. Building chemistry, and, you know, it's a young team, really, besides Braun. So, you know, I – plus, they played good teams. Like, they played the Rockets, the Trailblazers, and the Spurs, who were all playoff teams. Yeah. So, it's not like – and they, they were all close games. I, I actually watched – I watched the Trailblazers game and the Rockets game. The Spurs game I did not watch, but I know that went to overtime, and then they lost in overtime by a point. Um, but at the Trailblazers to open up the season, and then the Rocket game the other night where the fight happened at the, near the end of the game. Yeah. So, you know, I think they will only improve as the season goes on. Um, you know, the, the West is going to be rough, though. Like, if you are a Lakers fan, you're on – and, you, you know, you are – a player on the Lakers roster, you know that you your goal is to try and get, you know, as high, as close to the four seed as possible because anything lower than that, your chances of doing much is going to go down. Um, even with the improvements they'll make, like, they don't want to see Golden State in the first round. That probably won't go well. But it's a long season. It's only October. I would expect them... To start getting a lot better, probably mm-hmm. by Christmas, like after Christmas, that's when they'll probably start hitting that gear where it's like, all right, we've got some chemistry now. Young players know how they know how LeBron likes to play. They 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 all know what they like to do. Their defense will improve. Communication will improve. I like Luke Walton as their head coach. I think he's a good coach. You know, he had, he spent a few years in Golden State when they were first starting out and doing their thing. And um, yeah, we uh, he was like coaching them when yeah, when Steve Kerr missed yeah. all that time and they broke that record. The year yeah. they won the most games since the Bulls and they lost to Cleveland in the finals that year. That was yeah. that year. Oh, Luke Walton coached the majority of the season. Granted, he had the roster he had in Gold State, Golden State, but I still think he's a good coach. And here's something interesting. Luke Walton was in the same draft class as LeBron James. And now he's coaching. And now he's coaching. That's, that's <laughs> weird. Hey, well. So he's not that old, but he – I mean, he – he Luke Walton played for the Lakers. Like, I remember watching him. He, Luke oh, Walton yeah. played with Kobe. Oh, yeah. I remember him. Yeah. The white dude that came off the bench. But anyway, no, I, I, you know, if I was a Lakers fan, I'd be so much more happy now knowing that, you know, you got Magic running the team. And I love, like I said, I like Luke Walton as a coach. He's a young guy. He's played basketball. You know, he's had that role where he's had to coach from Steve Kersman out. So he's been in situations where he's needed to coach well, and he has. Um, 
with most LeBron teams, you know, a lot of people are like, well, does the coach really coach or is it more of like LeBron coaching? Well, I think now it's more of like the Miami Heat situation back when LeBron was in Miami with D. Wade and Chris Bosh. Pat Riley was, you know, the president. He did coach a little bit and then he went to like the executive role and they um, – they hired um, Eric Spolstra as their coach. Yeah. And Pat Riley's like the, the alpha male for the Miami Heat. In Cleveland, Gilbert tried to be an alpha male, but LeBron was like, no, F you. You have nothing to do with basketball. You've never played basketball. You've never coached basketball. You don't know. Pat Riley's a different story. He's won numerous really, championships. Pat Riley walks in, and any player is going to respect him. Right. So in L.A. with Magic Johnson, like, you're going to respect Magic Johnson. And Magic Johnson's like, no, Luke Walton is the coach. You're right. going to listen to Luke Walton. And then LeBron's going to respect that. Like, a, Well, it, the other thing, too, is like how LeBron's there, too. And you're, I I haven't really heard much of LeVar Ball running. I haven't heard either. a word. Yeah. we. I haven't heard anything about him. Like, it, like as soon as LeBron signed in L.A., until now, like nothing. So I bet they told him, like, dude, you need to just keep your mouth shut. Like, yeah, literally. So, yeah. So, and I know so we sort of got off track and talked about the Lakers. Um, we were supposed to be talking about the Pistons, but, you know, I just think the Lakers is more interesting. Like, Pistons have played not really anyone yet. We'll see if they won tonight. Um, uh, well, the home opener, uh, Gorse was there throwing T-shirts again, sitting courtside, double fist in his drinks, throwing yep. T-shirts in the crowd. Yep. That was a uh, was good to see. That uh, that'll probably be the only game he's at the whole year. Nah, he'll probably come to town for a couple for the holidays for probably... Hooper's birthday. Yeah, exactly. That's it, though. Then he'll be back in California doing whatever he does out there. Yeah, he's going to deliver uh, Hooper the cake at center court here at halftime. Oh. Is that going to be the thing, now? Or they'll roll out a big cake and he'll be inside he'll it and jump, jump out, out of it. Yeah. Yeah. With t shirts in his hand. That's a happy birthday. Yeah, yes. That's what's going to happen. So I guess with that being said, we're just, since we talked about both teams that play. In Little Sieges Arena. Now we're going to talk about Little Sieges Arena. So, there's been a lot of talk about the arena lately. This week, not so much, but like the past like two or three weeks, especially around here in Southeast Michigan. Uh, I listen to 97 won the ticket almost every day during the week. Same. Um, and over the past few weeks, they talked about – just the arena in general in terms of how it looks, the inside. Then they've gotten to things um, like the concession pricing and the restaurants and the parking and the whole District of Detroit project thing that hasn't really panned out to be anything. No. you, you The Woodward Corridor right there along Woodward, it's nice. It's walkable. You got the queue line. But like the 
villages and neighborhoods that were supposed to be built up like behind it and around it hasn't really happened yet. So we're just going to sort of talk about, you know, we're going to talk about what they talked about over the past few weeks. Just give our take on the whole arena thing, uh, what we think about it. I've been there twice. You've been there a handful of times. You've been there a lot. Yeah. You've been so uh, seven, six, seven times. So yeah, so I we'll start. We'll get into like pricing of everything and like the part. Well, let's just talk about the arena itself. Um, just from a you know how it looks, the inside, the layout. Um, what do you think? All right, the arena itself, the outside. It's new. It looks nice. It uh, they built it lower, you know, dug the bowl in, so it's not this huge, overpowering building. There's not much that makes it stand out on the outside. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, it, the outside is clean. There's not a lot of energy around it though on the outside because the other development that was promised hasn't happened yet. You know, you got. One side of the arena, you got like the Budweiser beer garden. You got the big screen the out there, but they don't do much with it. Um, you know, it just it's kind of dead around there. You, know, you to me, it's like a empty canvas. There's potential, but there's nothing there. Yeah. Like on the one side, with mm-hmm. it's just like a it's like a just a courtyard. It's just a cement concrete slab of nothing. Yeah. Like that, they need to do. They need to do more around the arena. You got, yeah, you have uh, Mike's Pizza Bar and the <laughs> Sports Social, and you got Kid Rock's place, but you you need more restaurants and that around it. Bring people in. Um, you know, you got your parking garages around the arena. It it's still almost like the Joe. You just park. You got a couple restaurants, but you park and go home. Like that's there's there's not that energy that they promised around the outside of the arena. Right. Yeah, I you know. Well, we'll get into the district thing after we talk about the arena. So now we'll move to the inside. So it's sort of feels like when you walk in the inside it's sort of like a arena inside of arena that makes sense like the whole it's sort of like that concourse feels like a mall sort of yeah as you walk in and it's like i'm not gonna say store because there's not really stores like restaurant sports shop like restaurant 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 the concourse is very sterile when you walked around the Joe, there was, you knew you were there for a Wings game. You had history everywhere, memorabilia, signs, pictures of the players on all the columns. Like they all the statues. Yeah, you had the statues. And it's, yeah, you have the statues and you have a little bit of memorabilia in the concourse, but it's just very sterile. You don't have that energy. It's, it's almost too staged as well. 
It almost seems, the other thing, it's sort of like the outside. It's like a blank camera. It's like they have, there's so much room and they don't like take up the room with anything. It's right. just like blankness. Right. Yeah, like, no, it, it's just too open. Like they don't put anything on the walls. They don't put more stuff on the ground. It's just like a, like a hallway. It, it, the big glass ceiling to the one part of the concourse. That's beautiful. The natural light that comes in when we get there, Sally game. It's beautiful. It looks great. The projection they put onto the wall of the arena, the jewel skin they called it. It's cool, but the. You need more than that. There's just they're not enough there. And then the one other thing about the arena is I wish they would have before we get to the inside of the arena, like in this actual the stadium itself. court part. You know, there's nothing about the arena that really makes it unique. It's just like True. a brand new arena. True. Um, you know, the one thing we talked about last week was, well, it would have been cool if they would have done like the Red Wing LED roof. Yeah, it would have added a little more to it. Yeah. Like that would have been cool. Make it a unique arena. But it's just sort of like a blank. I don't know. It is. It's just like a brand new arena with no character. It's like just... With with all the... Because they... They built the huge concourse, and you got the office buildings with, like, the restaurants and the shop, the team store. Google is moving offices into one of the areas. Like, why is there, like, the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame? You should have partnered with them and had a permanent location there. Like, heavy Michigan Sports Museum have, like, Red Wing memorabilia, Pistons, Tigers, Lions, have it open all year round to bring people in. You're getting people to the restaurants. You know, make it a focus for Detroit, Michigan sports. You know, you can have Michigan, Michigan State, all the college stuff. Like, make it a Michigan-focused sports Hall of Fame, if you will. For sure. All right. I totally agree. I think that would be the best thing to do for it. And now, in terms of like the actual bowl itself. You know, we had the great red seats and now they're spending a bunch of money to cover all of them up. Which is stupid. It's, it is it, stupid. It's not. The, the, all the money they're spending to co- cover the seats and replace the seats, they could just drop the prices of everything else. Yes. They could fill the arena. So, well, First off, regarding the seats, Joe Louis Arena had red seats. The red seats were not a problem at the Joe when the Wings were winning. Right? The Palace used to have burgundy seats. Yeah, the purple seats. The purple seats, right? The purple seats were not a problem when they were winning. Yeah. You only seen empty seats when both teams start to lose. Exactly. If you actually put a good product in the arena, the seats will fill themselves. You know, now that they're putting black seat covers on them and they're going to replace them permanently, I am not any more likely to attend a game. Yeah, I don't it care. I don't care what color. It actually makes me not want to go because, like, that was the one cool thing about the arena. Like, I don't care what seats. color fabric my ass is sitting on. I want to see a good product, right? Yeah, it, and yeah, it, it was cool when you walked in. You seen 
all the red, which is the red wing colors, and red is a prominent color for the Pistons as well. Right. You just seeing all the red everywhere. The the gondola seating above, all the seats were red. You could light up the roof, the ceiling. Like the ceiling has like those LED red lights as well and stuff up there, which is cool. Yeah, I love that. You know, and now it's like almost so that it's going to look like any other arena. Yep boring yeah no character just like yeah. everything else the concourse outside everything we've talked about is the same thing yep there's no uniqueness to it at all and all the money they spent building it was a billion dollar arena and this is something they brought up on the ticket a few weeks ago is no oh, the vegas knights when they built their arena it's like Half the cost, yeah, and it's cost, just as nice. Cost them like a little nicer, four hundred million, if that. Now, granted, in the north, got a little more cost due to, you know, frost and that right. you got to dig deeper, but it's not five hundred million. Right, right. <laughs> dig deeper for the <laughs> frost. Yeah, no, exactly. It's so ridiculous. All the money they put into it, and it just hasn't been. Like we said, there's just there's potential that they're not taking advantage of with it. Right, it it it's dead. I feel like you know that concourse. You're you're walking around Twelve Oaks Mall. Right. It looks nice. Yeah. But but it doesn't make you want to come back. No, it's just like a nice place. No, because you know you go to the mall, you go to Twelve Oaks. You spend a bunch of money. Then you have regret. Then you have regret. You go to one of these games, you spend a bunch of money. Which is another issue. Yeah, honestly, you feel better going to a Lions game. Like, Ford Field has, like, a weird, a nice feel to it. Sort of, like, cozy or something. I get, like, a cozy feeling when I go to a Lions game. Yeah, you know, Ford Field... Even though it seats, what, 80,000, 60,000 people, whatever it is, it doesn't feel like an, a gigantic stadium. Like, yeah, it has a smaller feel to it. I like it. I like their concourse. It's co- Like I said, I, I, it's there's something cozy about it. Like when you walk in the main front yep. and you go to the right side, it has like that huge pro shop and like it's sort yep. of dim with the lights. Yeah, it's darker and it's... I don't know. That, that whole side of the... Stadium was built into the old warehouse building, which is cool. They got all the suites. They're technically in the warehouse. Um, although the concourse on the other hand, yeah, the other side sort of, yeah, if it's blank, like it, the one side, like yeah, it's like you're walking through a warehouse right. on that side. Yeah, so the other side's nice though. Yeah, but but it, it, like the feel to it is different just because it is it has like that warm dark feel to it in the concourse and then the whole stadium's like lit up like yeah. it just the, yeah. on the field it just reflects yeah. back off they got the cool pepsi thing the pepsi the sign columns, and then they got those the nice new uh big video screens up in the end zones up on way up i haven't been there since they added those they look good they look, good. They look really good That's cool. it's great because like we were sitting there watching the game and uh you know, people in front of you jump up. You just kind of look up, and it's huge. And then Comerica is cool, too. 
I mean, I never went to Tiger Stadium. I know people say Tiger Stadium was better than Comerica, but I... Comerica's cool, too. They have some things that are unique, like the big tiger statues mm-hmm. outside. The statues look awesome. The fountain thing. It. Yeah, you got the fountain. You got the Ferris wheel. You got the merry-go-round. Like, there's stuff there for families to do. Right. Still also overpriced, but there's things for families to do around the arena. Yeah. So now, like, going back to the LCA, now we're going to talk about pricing. Yeah. Um, big issue. Drinks, heavily overpriced. All the concession food is overpriced. See, the restaurants I get because some of the restaurants are sort of on the upper echelon side of things. So, like, I understand the pricing for the, like, the Kid Rock restaurant, you know, eat, you would expect to pay a little bit more. It is a sit-down restaurant. It's nice. They have a nice menu. They've eaten their wants. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, the restaurant prices don't bother me. I mean, when you're downtown, any restaurant you go to right. really is going to have a higher price than if you're out in the suburbs. But, and then the parking itself. Like, if you want to park anywhere near the stadium... What is it right now? Forty five bucks. Yeah, to park in one of the uh, garages right there, like on stadium property, it's like forty to forty five bucks, which is a huge rip off. Because this comes back to the product on the ice and on the court. Like, I wouldn't have a problem with them pricing the parking at that if both or one of the teams was, depending on who you're going to see was competing for the champion a championship. You know, who was a perennial, you know, yeah, top I mean, playoff team. Yeah, if the Wings are in the playoffs and it's the second round of the playoffs, all right. Right. I can charge 50 bucks for parking. I can that see close. that. Yeah. Like, but you won one game. Right. For the wings. And that goes with the that goes with the concessions too. Like this is why people aren't coming to the arena and then you're going to spend more money to change the color of the seats to make it look like the seats aren't that empty. Yeah, drop drop your concession prices. Drop your parking prices. You can go to a Pistons game right now, StubHub, when they play uh, Cleveland coming up here. But like, nine bucks gets you in the door. It's a Thursday game. So, yeah, you, you go to the game for like nine bucks, but you're going to spend $40 to park in a garage if you want to go just across the street to one of the lots you're looking at 30 bucks where i parked when i went to the wings game on the other side of 75 also an olympia owned lot it was still it was 25 bucks over there and i had like a 10 minute walk your parking should not be more than your tickets and look what the it's it's doable too with the with the drinks and the concessions because look what the Lions have done this year they modeled after what the Atlanta Falcons did with their concession pricing for their football games. Yes, uh, the Lions brought their pricing down a lot substantially, especially that whatever package time like the hour yeah, before the game starts. Yeah. Like it's really low. Like it's like two or three bucks for a domestic beer. Can't beat that. You're at a professional sporting event. You're paying like three bucks for a beer. That's like what you get at a local, at a local pub, like in your hometown. No, uh, I mean, 
professional sports across the board is, and you could say like college football, it, it's out of touch with the fans. And families don't have hundreds of dollars. You know, a dad. Just blow. Yeah. A dad, a dad now for a blue collar working family, which is the majority of the Detroit area, Wayne County, that does not have that kind of money to take a whole family to a game. Right. And that's where the whole, then to add on top of this, then you have the people that are like, well, see, this is why the Pistons should have stayed in the palace. Because I was in Oakland County, that's where sort of more of the white-collared families live, have more money. They don't really want to have the hassle of driving down to Detroit and going through the parking and everything. Like, the Palace, I had that huge parking lot right there. So, yeah, like... Sea of concrete. So, that that's, that's when the whole thing comes in with that. Well, that was a mistake moving them downtown. I like them downtown, but, like, I can understand why people... Or like, oh, this, maybe they just should have stayed in the palace. Like, the palace is a good arena. Like, it is. Yeah, oh, yeah. there was nothing wrong. If the palace, if you could have just lifted the palace and placed it where, like, the LCA is, it's still a, it was still a state-of-the-art arena. It was still a very beautiful arena. But if your pricing is like this, you'd still have right. the same results, I believe. Right. You'd still, no, yeah, you'd still... You'd still need a better team, but I, I do think that the Palace was more full, even as bad as the Pistons were, than it is now at the LCA, I think. I think more people did go to the Palace than... Well, your your pricing is higher. Right. Well, yeah, because you didn't have to pay for parking. The Palace. It's free to park in the lot. Was it free? Or was yes. it like ten bucks or something? Well, Unless they included it in the ticket price, but I'm yeah. pretty sure it was free to park at the pat in the palace parking lot. I think I paid, but it wasn't forty bucks. Right. It was pricing just way out of whack. You want to have people come, lower your prices, or make the teams better. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not not going to pay to go see garbage. Right. So that, I mean, now, like, looking at everything from, like, if you take everything into account, how bad the teams are, how much it costs to build the arena, what everything's priced at right now. If you had to ask yourself, was it worth it? I'd probably say no. With adding adding everything into that, like, like I said, how bad the teams are, how much it costs to build that arena, what everything's priced at. Like, it does make the city nicer. Like, they did update some things around there and stuff. I get that. But the, the amount of money it costs to build that and, like, now the after, like, the aftermath of it, what's happening. Um... Was it worth it for the Pistons to move as of right now? No. Was it worth it for the Wings? Yes, because as much as I love the Joe, it was a dated arena. It needed to be replaced. Is it worth it for the city? So far, it's kind of even. I mean, 
the arena's great. There's been, you know, the Mike Keeler School of Business. Like, there's been a little buildup, not like we thought. Has it been good for the fans? No. So, once again, the fans are kind of getting screwed on everything because of the pricing. Right. So, I mean... I mean, I guess it wouldn't be as big of an issue if it didn't cost so much to build the thing. Right. Like, the amount of money it cost makes it sort of like, oh, the Wings did need a new arena, but did it really need to cost that much to make the arena? No, they didn't didn't get the dollar value for what they built. Right. Um, Like, parking at the Joe, if I remember correctly, like, that last year, it was like, 25 bucks to park in the big Joe Lewis parking garage and you walk the tunnels to the right. arena. How is it in the course of a year going from one arena to another, now all of a sudden your parking in your garage is there on site, jump up that much? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I could justify 20, 25 bucks. Right. Like 40, 50 bucks is way too much. It's not even that much to go to a like park at a Lions game. Like, granted, they don't. I, I parked in the garage right next to there once, and it wasn't. It was not that much money. I, there's no way. I do not remember it being like forty or fifty bucks. It was, mm-hmm. I think it was more like thirty. Yeah, twenty-five or thirty, which, like we said, isn't bad. Especially, and then if you park in a lot, like a few blocks away from the Ford Field, it's only like fifteen, twenty right. bucks. So I don't know. I like now since I, I mean there's nothing we can do about everything now. It's already built, teams are already in there. So now like the only thing left to do, the smart thing to do would just be like we said, lower the prices because like that that's the only way you're going to get people in there because realistically the Pistons and the Red Wings are probably not going to be very good for a few years. If not longer. Yeah, lower prices, get some more development around the arena, and uh, and what? they just, the parking needs to come down, um, put more within the concourses to engage the fans. You know, when I walk in on a Red Wing game day, I want to know I'm there for a Wings game. I walk in on a Pistons game day. I want to know I'm there for a Pistons game. All right. Right now you walk in and other than just people walking around in jerseys, you wouldn't know the difference. Right. No, for sure. Like, I don't know. Like, I even I even think the queue line is sort of, like, scuffed because, like, the pe- like, people really, like, doesn't go that far. Like there's like it's, it's taking you it's, from the fox to the, the arena. <laughs> like really? Like who's <laughs> I can walk from Fox parking area to the arena. No, the queue, like this could be a topic for another day, really. But the queue goes from like Campus Martius or whatever it is. Right. Up to New Center, which is like the Fisher building and the Fisher Theater and um Henry Ford, the hospital and all that. Like it's only like four miles long. It doesn't really go very far. Now you want to groove the area, you're going to have to branch off that. Otherwise, it's going to be like the people mover and just 
You know, the people mover is a circle to nowhere. The queue line is just a line. Well, we've talked about this too, the BB. Having, you know, a tram system go north, south, west. Yeah. You, like far. Yeah. Like we're talking like Pontiac, Detroit, to... Ann Arbor, Detroit, Toledo, Detroit. Right. Lansing. You know, you should be able to... Our major cities should be connected somehow. I agree. Well, I, there was something in the news a week or so ago about they're going to put it supposedly... They're putting a train system that goes from Mount Pleasant to Detroit. So it hit like Lansing, Ann Arbor, Detroit. That is very needed. Yeah, that'd be cool. Takes you from, you know, want to go to CMU game, drive up to Ann Arbor, Detroit, get on the train. Needs to happen. It's just, I don't know. I think it, I, it's cheaper than, you know, some people just don't want to drive. And train. I like traveling by train. I've done it a few times. I've taken the train. I've taken, yeah, the train to Chicago. That was cool. Like, even having, like we said, having a train system go, like, from Toledo to Detroit, like, if there's stops along the way here, like, if we wanted to go to a game, we wouldn't have to worry about driving, hop on the thing. Right. You know? Yep. We wouldn't have to worry about parking or driving or drinking and driving. Mm hmm. That could be a way to get, get more people up there, too. You just gotta, I don't know, there's, there's things that can be done. It's just who's gonna do it. I mean, that, a lot of people would be involved in that, but going back to the arena, like the Illiches have not shown that they're gonna do those steps. You know, they're, they're all about money. So if you start bringing in, a, you let, start letting other people in with restaurants, that's gonna take away from their restaurants. Right. Yeah, that's partly why they don't like that uh bar that's right there. Um Harry's. They've been having issues with them. They've been trying to get them kicked out of there, but they can't. Well, I guess to wrap it up, the message to the Illich family would be lower your prices. Lower your prices. Get some outside development in there. You know, let's make this a destination spot. Right. Some of the city can be proud. Like, I can deal with the team sucking if I'm not paying that much. Right. So, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah. Quit ripping people off. Right. It's tough nowadays, especially if you have kids. Like, people don't just don't have the money to fling around. So, that's why people aren't coming to get in your red seats, guys. They're gonna be black now, so yeah. Maybe maybe that's it. They're gonna yeah. come. Yeah. Yeah. Sure we'll notice a difference. So that wraps up this episode, everyone. We uh like always really appreciate all you listeners out there. Be sure to um check out our other episodes. As always, available on the Anchor app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you can listen to podcasts it is available through the Anchor app. Be sure to check out our Facebook page, Morning Leftover Sports Podcast. Uh, we keep that pretty much updated weekly, you know, during the weekend when the college games are on, NFL games, any other breaking sports news. We usually post it there. Um, and we will see you guys next week for our weekly recap video 
or podcast episode for football teams. So we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Thank you and good night.